round of applause for our social media family. Do us a favor real quick. For those of you who are in person or if you're watching online, take about 20 seconds and reshare this message, message with somebody right now. Reshare it on your Facebook profile. Text it to somebody. It can help us get the word out. know as more people continue to come in person we kind of um, neglect sharing on social media uh, but guys there's still people that are not attending in person so we want to make sure that we're getting it out there or even if they are not attending in person maybe they might live in a different state uh, or in our case we have people that are tuning in from the Philippines praise God for that that are watching that so we want to make sure that we are all resharing because you never know who could be uh, watching before we go any further, I'd like to give a, a shout out to our worker of the month. If we could show our, our worker of the month, that's Brother Josh Canales. <laughs> On top of being an usher and having strong attendance um, in, in here in person, um, he, he goes above and beyond him and his wife. They come here on the weekend and they clean the church. Uh, they, they don't ask for money. They, don't, uh, they do it totally free because they feel as they're calling to, to do that. Come on, somebody. Cleaning the church. And they have kids. They bring their eyes. I've sometimes stopped by and their kids are here cleaning too. Are they the ones that we maybe need to honor, Josh? The, the kids for cleaning. <laughs> so we get, let's give a round of applause for his, his son and daughter because they're here. But, guys, that, that's how in a day and age where, where parents leave the children at home uh, or put sports over church how many of y'all know they're setting the right example they're leading by example they're bringing them and they're serving along with them so kudos to y'all guys and thank you for everything that you and your your wife do uh brother josh now we're going to get into the sermon series the holy spirit i want to encourage you take some notes over the next couple of weeks we're going to be talking about uh the purpose of the holy spirit who is the holy spirit and a lot of times we just uh, correlate the Holy Spirit with just going to heaven. But the Holy Spirit does way more than that. Of course, that culminates in heaven. And, um, but I, 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 it's important that we know uh, the purpose and the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit and how it's available to anyone and everyone. Um, how many of you have Wi-Fi, your own personal Wi-Fi in your house? Raise your hand. How many of you go to Starbucks and steal their Wi-Fi? <laughs> Raise your hand. Two people. McDonald's Wi-Fi? Okay. Three people. Oh, wow. <laughs> but the Wi-Fi connection, if you have a laptop or a desktop, it doesn't matter if it's a MacBook Pro or any type of Mac, Mac Daddy, whatever. Don't matter the com it don't matter how expensive the computer is. If you don't have a Wi-Fi connection, you're not going to get on the Internet. You need that, that router, that Wi-Fi source, so that you can connect to uh, the Internet. You guys that are watching online, um, you wouldn't be able to connect if you didn't have that Wi-Fi uh, source. Uh, and so it's very important. And when, you, when there's a connection, of course, you've you got to make a choice. You've got to connect to the, whatever network you have at your house. And it enables you to log onto the Internet, 
uh, to FaceTime, to do uh, the children so they can go to school if they're going via Zoom, shopping, so many different things that you can do when there is a, a Wi-Fi source, when you are connecting. And I, and I want to use that to illustrate what the Wi-Fi power source is to you and I, so is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us connect to God's power and God's presence. The Holy Spirit, if we can show that definition up there, the Holy Spirit is God's continued presence on earth. It is the third person of the Trinity. There's the Father, God, there is the Son, Jesus Christ, and there is the Holy Spirit. Now, while Wi-Fi is an object, I want to say and make it very, very clear that the, the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not positive vibes. <laughs> it's not a force. You know, all these spiritual generalized names that we like to, it is a person. It is a very person. It's God's continued presence. If you're a believer, living in you and through you. So it's very important that we, under, and, and there's so many functions to the Holy Spirit that we're going to talk about over these next couple of weeks. That's why it's very important that you are taking notes and being engaged uh, throughout this sermon series. And, and, and we, sometimes we put so much emphasis on heaven and Jesus Christ, but Jesus is in heaven. And, and what is in you and living through you and what is transforming you, if you'll yield to it and submit to it and obey it, is the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's very, thank you, amen. It's very, it's very undertaught, underappreciated. So it's important that we know what the, the, the purpose that the Holy Spirit plays uh, in our life. And today we're going to look at what Jesus said in the Upper Room Discourse about what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. If you knew you were about to die in a couple of days, like you knew that on Thursday you are going to die in your sleep, you're going to leave this earth, you would, have, you would meet with all the people you care about that are closest to you, and you would be very specific and intentional and strategic on what you would tell those people. And essentially, that is what Jesus is doing in the upper room in John chapter 14. He already knows he's about to die. His time on earth is almost up. So he's choosing very wisely what he sees as the most important thing that they should know once he leaves this earth. Because if you look at the greater context later on, if you study the whole, the Gospels and of Acts, Jesus rose on the third day, but he was only on earth for 40 more days, and then he went back to heaven. So Jesus was very strategic and very specific on what he wanted them to know. What was most important? This is what you need to know, guys, because I'm about to leave. I'm going to get up from the grave, but I'm about to leave. And, and, and Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to the Father, but I'm not leaving you as orphans. You're not going to be by yourself. And it's interesting that when the Bible, when Jesus says, I will, I, my Father will send you another helper, another comforter, that word another means another of the same kind. So it's not something different. It's literally God's continued presence and in the context for a believer living in you, as you're about to see. So I want to cross-examine what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, because if you would study what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, it applies to you. So Jesus is talking to you because you're on earth. He's in heaven, and yes, we will get to heaven, but the Holy Spirit is his presence, his help while we're still on earth. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
So number one, if you're taking notes, you cannot receive the Holy Spirit unless you make a choice, an individual choice to follow God, to accept Christ as your Savior. John chapter 14, verse 17, let me prove it to you. This is what Jesus says. He says, the world cannot receive him, him being the Holy Spirit. If you're watching online, I want you to type in the comment section, Holy Spirit. Jesus saying the world here is not symbolic of a geographical location. It's talking about people who have rejected Christ. It's talking about people who are living in unbelief. So Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to come to you guys and is going to come to people here on earth, but it's only going to live in those who make a choice to accept him. So it's very important. If you're here today, let me ask you this. Have you made a choice to follow Christ? Notice, I didn't ask you if your parents serve God. I didn't ask you what denomination you grew up in. I didn't ask you if you attend church regularly. Because just like sitting in a car garage doesn't make you a car. Coming to church, for some of us, doesn't make you a Christian. Because Jesus wasn't offering religion, he was offering a relationship, a perpetual relationship. That's why he said, don't take my word for it, study it on your own devotional time. Those who receive him, he will never leave you. Even in sinful times, even in bad times, even in dark times, even in times that you're unfaithful to God, even in times that you fail him, God, the Holy Spirit is there with you. But my question to you is, have you made a choice to follow Christ? And if you haven't, I want to encourage you. As much as I wish I could do it for you, I cannot make that choice for you. As much as your parents wish they could beat you up, handcuff you, and, and, and make you receive Christ, they cannot do it for you. You must make a choice. Your parents, your spouse cannot serve God for you. You must make a choice, and it's very important and, 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 and how do you do it? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, It is not by our works, our being humans, not Jesus. It's not by our works. We can't take credit for receiving the Holy Spirit. We can't approach God through our own good works or bad works. And it's important to know that if you have never accepted Christ, because a lot of times we think that we could approach God based on our good morals based on how good of a person we are. And while it's important that we be a good person, because no one likes a jerk, amen? <laughs> but good morals does not qualify you to receive the Holy Spirit. You could have, be a good person, have good morals, have good credit, have good teeth, don't smoke or chew or hang around with those who do. But good morals does not qualify you to receive. Your good works does not qualify you, online audience, online family. It doesn't qualify you to receive the most powerful person on this earth, the Holy Spirit. Well, at the same token, you may say, well, I cannot receive the Holy Spirit because there is nothing good about my life, my past or my present. I don't have good credit or good teeth. <laughs> now everyone's going to be all conscientious like, hmm? I get my electric gun. It's just, it's just a joke, guys. 
There may be nothing. You may, you may have had failed marriages. You may have failed morals, uh, failed your children, and done some things uh, that you're not proud of, that we were to show on the screens behind us. We would all blush and make you run out of this church. And the beautiful thing about receiving the Holy Spirit, while good works does not qualify you to receive the Holy Spirit, bad works don't disqualify you either from receiving the Holy Spirit. Because the only thing that qualifies us is not what you can do or what you've already done. It's what Jesus did and what is still doing today. And he died on the cross. And he just didn't die on the cross, but he rose from the grave. In fact, Romans 8.11 says that, the very, that it was the Holy Spirit played a part in resurrecting Jesus. So it is the works that Christ did. But what God needs from us so that his spirit can live in you is he needs you to make a choice make a choice to follow him don't worry about well i'll when when the weather's right i'll make a choice or when um i lose a certain amount of pounds i'll follow christ or when i get this job i'll follow christ or when i get this car I'll fully surrender. Or when I finally get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, I'll fully surrender to God. The Bible says tomorrow is promised to no man. The best day to give your life to Christ is today. Choose this day whom you may serve. Because you don't know what could happen tomorrow. Well, at the same token, it's not so much about eternity. It's it, the Holy Spirit plays a part in the temporary. We get so heaven-minded that we're no earthly good. And, and one of the main purposes of the Holy Spirit is not just to get you to heaven, but transform you, enable you to display Christ's likeness while you're passing through this earth. Because God has a plan and a purpose for you. He has a mission for you. And he needs you to accomplish it before you leave this earth. One of my favorite scriptures growing up when I first got saved is in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts says that David served his generation. And how many of you want that God to say that about you and people to say that about you, that when it's your time to go to Christ, that brother, that sister, my mama, my dad, my grandma, my grandpa, my boss, whatever you may be in that, that context, served his generation, fulfilled his purpose. Well done, good and faithful servant. But you got to make a choice. If, if you have not made a choice to follow Christ, then you need to start with that today before you leave this building. Don't put it off any longer. Point number two. He'll help you, but he won't do the work for you. And now this is more in the context of you're a believer. The Holy Spirit, John chapter 14, verse 16, says that my father will send you a, another helper which means another of the same kind. The word helper there means the one who comes alongside to assist or the one who lives inside you to assist. So the Holy Spirit is going to help you, but it's not going to do all the work for you. Jesus died on the cross and, and God enabled him to get up from the grave, but he still had to carry his own cross to Golgotha. He still had to submit himself to his father's will even though he didn't want to go down the route of the cross father if there's another way show it to me right now if not my will your will be done and if you study specifically luke the bible says that the holy spirit gave him the strength 
in the Garden of Gethsemane to continue on the path towards the cross and rejection and pain and suffering. David killed Goliath, but God didn't kill Goliath for him. David still had to go to the brook, look for five rocks, get a rock in his slingshot. He had to muster up the courage, and he ran out there to face Goliath. God didn't kill Goliath for him. God enabled him. God came alongside to help him. You know, over this, these past couple of weeks, and, and, and my wife may be watching, but I've gone to, I don't know how many pregnancy classes already. Yoga pregnancy classes, uh, you name it. I could have delivered the baby right now. <laughs> we had so many Zoom meetings with this doctor and this, this nurse. And, 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 and one of the things that I've learned through this entire process that I believe is a good metaphor is that the doctors come alongside to help you, but they're not going to do all the work for you. If you're pregnant, that's what I'm talking about, if you're pregnant. If you're, not, <laughs> you're like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> they, can't, they can't push for my wife. She has to push. They're not going to endure the pain and the suffering that comes from pregnancy. She's having to endure that. She, they're not having the cravings, midnight cravings. She is. See, what, the, what their responsibility is to make sure that they come alongside to a sister to make, to, to make sure she births the baby that is in her. And, and God wants you to grow in his word. God wants it to transform the way you think because you transform the way you think will transform the way you live. So a man thinketh, so he or she is. But God's not going to read the Bible for you. You got to do it. God wants you to walk away from these toxic environments that you are intentionally putting, that you are making a choice to be around. These toxic relationships that are hindering you, that are causing, are holding you back, are causing you to sin, that are destroying you emotionally and physically. And God will convict you, and God will warn you, and God will even make a way of escape. But God's not going to do it for you. You got to make your own choice, and, and submit yourself to what the Holy Spirit is convicting you and telling you to do and get the heck out of Dodge and walk yourself out of there and listen to what God is saying. God may give you a dream or a vision, and the dream is free, but the journey is going to cost you. You got to put in the discipline. You got to put in the sacrifice. You got you, you to gotta be willing to, to do without to whatever it is God is calling you to do. The dream is free, but the journey is going to cost you. God wants you to grow in your relationship with him. He wants you to be a prayer warrior. He wants you to lead others to Christ, but he will not pray for you. But I want to encourage you, he will help you. And he comes alongside to help you, not what you could do in your own strength, because if that's the case, then what do you need the Holy Spirit for? He comes alongside to give you assistance, and not just any assistance, but supernatural assistance. And some of you, metaphorically speaking, those of you watching online, you're pregnant. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor you're pregnant. Some of you are like, I, I bind that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> uh-uh. You are a liar from the pits of hell. <laughs> I, I'm not meaning that way. But you're pregnant with vision. 
You're pregnant with a dream. You're pregnant with healing. You're pregnant with a miracle. You're pregnant with long-lasting transformation. You're pregnant with inner healing. You're pregnant with something great. But what God needs from you is for you to push. Push in prayer. Push in praise. Push in obedience. Push and don't quit. Push and endure. Push and keep and going. Push in disciplining yourself. Come on, somebody. There, you're pregnant, but God needs you to push. The Holy Spirit is there, but he is not going to do the work for you. He is our helper, and he helps us, but he doesn't do the work from us. We cannot divorce human responsibility from the Holy Spirit. You can't overemphasize the Holy Spirit and divorce it from human responsibility because then you're going to be so spiritual, you're no earthly good. While at the same token, you can't just have only human responsibility and trust in your own ability and trust in you, 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 positive thinking and positive me. Then, then you become independent from God. And you're no longer walking by faith. And then you shrivel up and you burn out spiritually. They're Siamese twins. You cannot cut them in half or else you kill them. And you don't want to abort what God is trying to do in your life. So he is saying, trust me, but push. Trust me, but push. Trust me, but pray. Pray, but act. Act, but pray. Come on, somebody. Next point. The Holy Spirit gives you strength to do spiritual warfare. John chapter 14, verse 26. It says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. That word comforter there means, uh, it comes from, the English word comforter comes from the Latin word, which means with strength. Con fuerzas. That was Latin, though. <laughs> it wasn't Spanish, it was Latin. So, but generally, what do we think of the Holy Spirit? That it comes only to show us sympathy and soothe us. Or we think that his comfort is keeping us from facing hard times. And if you only see the Holy Spirit that way, you definitely won't even consider that he may lead you into conflict. Or lead you into tough times. When you see the Holy Spirit as someone more than just sympathy, but God's strength. When you read about Jesus being led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, makes a lot more sense. Because the Holy Spirit was not leading Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to patty cake with the devil. To play Candy Crush or Angry Birds with the devil. He wasn't leading Jesus to play Fortnite. Okay, that's enough references to that, but y'all get the picture. He was leading Christ. The Holy Spirit was leading Christ to put a whooping on the devil. Because Satan had been conquering humanity and had been having his way. And Jesus, the Holy Spirit is like, look, enough is enough. 
Jesus, you got to show him what this life is about, what the kingdom life is about, and it's not about defeat, and you're going to conquer what once been conquering your children, your sons and daughters. And I want to tell somebody here today that if the Holy Spirit, if you find yourself in a season of conflict, it could be that it's the Holy Spirit leading you into a season of spiritual warfare and conflict, but it's not so you can patty cake with the devil. It's not so that you can fail. It's so that you can conquer what's been conquering you in the past. It's so that you can conquer what's been conquering generation after generation in your family. It's so that you can break every generational curse that, and, and you can be like Christ. This stops with me. My mom may have dealt with it. My dad may have dealt with it. My, my, my grandparents may have dealt with it, but it stops with me. My children are not going to go through what I, have, what, what I have seen and what I have done because I'm, I'm about to break this curse. I'm about to break this cycle. But unless you are obedient to the Holy Spirit, you won't, and do it in His strength, it's not going to happen. Because God is not calling you to do it in your own strength. He's calling you to do it in His strength. The victory is not going to come by you doing it in your own resources. It's going to happen when you trust and are submitted and surrendered to his strength. When Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan kept tempting him. He said, if you're the son of God, turn these rocks into bread. In other words, prove you're the son of God and perform. Jesus said, I'm not going to do that because the Holy Spirit is not leading me to do that. And I'm not going to obey you and disobey the Holy Spirit and disobey my Father. And plus, Jesus said, I don't need to perform to prove I'm a son. Because my Father already affirmed me when I was baptized in the Jordan River and said, Behold, this is my beloved son. So I don't need to prove anything to you. I know I'm his son. I know I'm the chosen one. And the reason why I mention that is because there are some people in your life that Satan is sending your way and they're trying to make you doubt that you're a son or daughter of God because of your performance. Because you've lacked certain fruit in certain area and they're trying to tell you, look, look at what you've done. You call yourself a Christian. You ain't a son. You ain't a daughter. Look how you messed up in that area or you messed up in this area or terrible mom and terrible dad or uh, look at look at look, terrible employee look at you and you call yourself a christian see but understand that even though you may lack fruit in a certain area or maybe failing in a certain area morally or spiritually doesn't mean that you are not a son or daughter of Jesus Christ and God wants me to tell you listen up look at your person next to you and tell them listen up stop listening to those people stop listening to what they're saying and start listening to what God says about you he says I will be with you I will never forsake you I'm faithful even when you're unfaithful 
I will sit closer than a brother. If you're going through the fire, the Holy Spirit says, I'm there with you in the fire. If you're going through the floods of life, the Holy Spirit says, I'm there with you in the floods of life. If you're going through a little bit of sinny sin, sin, the Holy Spirit says, I'm there with you too. I'm not just going to run out on you just because you've made some mistakes. I'm not just going to run out you just because you failed at a marriage. I'm not going to run out you just because you failed as a parent. The Holy Spirit says, we're in this together, blood in and blood out, but it's not your blood, but it's the blood of Jesus Christ. And God is saying the good work that he has started in your life. He will complete. You may be down, but you are not out. Your setback is just a setup for your greatest comeback. And I just want to tell somebody here today that you're still his son. I just want to tell somebody here today you're still his son. You're going through a divorce. You're still his son. You failed as a parent. You're still his daughter. You failed at your career. You're still his son. You made some mistakes, got drunk, got high, slept in some hotels, been unfaithful. You are still his son. You are still his daughter. And if you were surrender here today, the same way that Jesus got up from the grave, God is saying that the Spirit is going to raise and resurrect what is dead in your life. The dead faith, the dead marriage, the dead dreams, the dead calling, the dead whatever it is. You just need to start. You just need to be like Jesus and say, not my will, but your will be done. Come on, somebody. If you believe it here today, if I got a son, if God has some daughters in this place, let me hear the praise of his sons and daughters in this place. I'm still your son. I'm still your daughter. I know people said otherwise, but forget what people say. I know Satan wants you to think otherwise, but the devil is a liar. He still loves you. You're still called. it's important that we that we learn scripture and memorize scripture that we just don't mark our book but let the word of God mark our heart because the Holy Spirit uses what's there when Jesus was in the wilderness the Holy Spirit quickened his spirit with the word a word that was already there Jesus was fully divinity and fully humanity. But yet he operated in his humanity while he was on earth. That means he depended upon the Holy Spirit like you and I. He was the first person to walk on this earth and the Holy Spirit dwelt in him. Not upon him like in the Old Testament. But when he was being tempted, Jesus did not respond by telling the devil what he thought. He didn't respond to the devil by telling the devil what he was thinking. Remember, Jesus had not eaten for 40 days. I don't know about you, but if I was being tempted and I hadn't eaten for 40 days, I would be hangry. If that were me, I would have stabbed the devil. I would have done something. I, I'm just being real. No, none of y'all. I wouldn't have told him. See, Jesus didn't tell him what he thought. He told the devil what God's word said. He said, devil, it is written. 
And sometimes when the enemy is speaking to you with the voices of temptation, uh, speaking to you with the voices of adversity, with the voices of discouragement and condemnation, what you need to tell the devil is, devil, it is written. Oh, I feel, I feel something about to move here. I felt, I felt the spirit. I know somebody just caught that right now. Stop telling the devil what you think. Stop telling the devil what's culturally correct. Stop telling the devil how you feel and start telling the devil, devil, it is written. Devil, it is written that my God will provide all my needs according to his riches. Devil, it is written that Jesus shed his blood for my healing. Devil, it is written that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Devil, it is written that I'm blessed in the country, blessed in the body, on the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Devil, it is written I am not a victim of poverty. I will not be a victim of a broken home. I will not live my life as a victim of spousal abuse, but I am victorious. I will arise. I will overcome. Devil, you got something coming to you. And what you got coming to you is some Holy Ghost. What you got something coming to you is the Word of God. Stop telling the devil what you feel. And start telling them what God has said about you. Stop telling the devil what you feel. Start telling them, put your foot down and tell them, devil, I bind you in the mighty name of Jesus. Devil, you ain't got to go, but you got to get out of here. Come on, somebody say, it's written. High five two people and tell them, it's written. Come on, high five two people and tell them, it is written. You're going to make it out. It's written. God's going to finish what he started in your life. It's written. God's going to restore. Come on, tell somebody, it is written. It is written. The good work that God has started in your life. He will finish it. Whether people like it or not, God's going to finish it. Whether the devil likes it or not, he's going to finish it. Whether your neighbor likes it or not, God's going to finish it. Whether the church likes it or not, God's going to finish it. Whether religious people like it or not, God said, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it. I said, I'm going to finish it. He's going to finish what he started in your life. He's going to finish what the year of COVID stole from you. He's going to finish what cancer stole from you. He's going to finish what that mental breakdown stole from you. He's going to finish what growing up without a dad stole from you. He's going to finish. Stand to your feet. I feel God in this place. But let me theologically explain what I mean by that. Because I know God is everywhere. I know that. But God doesn't manifest his power everywhere. He manifests his power to people who humble themselves, who put pride aside. He humbles himself to people who are hungry. Who are sick and tired of being sick and tired I was sharing with the first service that I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast last night and no I don't only watch Christian stuff in Christian movies so I know Christian movies are cheesy that's just me y'all gotta pray for me oh, 
Now you clap, Jeremy. Where was I? See, y'all make me forget now, guys. I was watching Joe Rogan, okay? And he was interviewing this astronaut. This astronaut had been in space for 95 days. He's walked on the moon three times. And he's five foot four. I don't know why I'd say mention that, but he's five foot four. But he said, Joe Rogan said, so what was your first reaction when you went to the observatory room within the ship and you saw the earth? He said, I, this astronaut, who's also a professor, he said, I made my way to the observatory room. I could see this blue light from afar. He says, when I made my way there and I finally got there, I looked down and he said, eh. He said, we, I've been oversaturated by seeing how the earth looks like from earth on the internet, on the news. In fact, he says that in Houston, where they have the space station, they have certain computers that can make you see better stuff that you could not even see. If, even if you're up there, in person in space he said now that was my reaction because I've become familiar with everything he said but people like Neil Armstrong that didn't have the internet and all these different things and he said I've spoken to them and he said they were just they, they, it was unexplainable they were they broke down crying just to see the earth that God created because they weren't familiar with it and sometimes we get so familiar with God's presence that it's no longer, eh, come to church, eh, go online service, I didn't forget about y'all, eh. I don't know how you spell that, but put that in the comic section, eh. And, and, and we lose that hunger, we lose that respect for God. Just because you're familiar with somebody don't mean you lose respect or honor for a person. Just another service. Jesus was in the temple and he was preaching. And he preached a powerful sermon and his text was Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to heal the broken heart and to set the captive free. And when he was done, some of the people, all they did was... Isn't this Mary's son? Isn't this the... He's a carpenter. I know him. He did some work for my, for my homeboy. And the Bible said they, they allowed their familiarity to disrespect Christ. And the Bible said that Jesus was ready to do miracles. But because of their, their familiarity, when I mean familiarity, I mean their lack of respect and honor for him he did no miracles it said but a few and the few in the original text mean that he raised the dead so you know what you that are alive y'all don't want what i got jesus was saying so i'll just go to these dead people right here that has died from this disease and 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 and, and they I, i'm just gonna raise them from the life and and i don't know who this is for but but if you've lost respect and become familiar with Jesus, I want to encourage you here today to lose an eh. Because God has something for you here today. God has something not natural, 
but something supernatural. God has something that your degree can't get you, that your network can't get you, that I don't care how many followers you have on TikTok and Instagram or Facebook or YouTube can't get you, but God wants to give you something that the Holy Ghost can only give you. Holy Ghost healing, Holy Ghost provision, Holy Ghost forgiveness, Holy Ghost restoration, but God's not going to make, He's not going to do it for you. You gotta say I want he'll help you but he's not going to do the work for you he'll convict you but he's not going to make you come to the altar in the count of three we're going to do an altar call we can have the ushers up here and Pastor Judy can get on the stage something God wants to do here today yes God is everywhere but God does not manifest his power everywhere why because people are not hungry people don't want it he won't do it because he he's not gonna rape your faith he's not gonna force himself upon you he's a gentleman and he gives you free choice let me ask you this. Did you get up here today just to, eh? Or did you come here to experience God in a way that you never have before? That's you. And they're gonna, we're going to find a way to make as much room as we can. Count of three, I want you to, you don't have to wait till I do a count of three. I'm just doing a count of three to make it more comfortable and uh, uh, altar friendly, if that's even a word. Something from God. You need God to move in a certain way. Even we got to put people on this stage. Follow the leading of the Spirit. He'll convict you, but He won't do it for you. He'll warn you, just like He's warning some throughout the service, but He is not going to do it for you. You got to make your way down here. Today is your day of salvation. Salvation is more than just eternal life. Salvation means sozo. It's a Greek word sozo. It means to prosper. It means to restore. It means power. And today, God wants to give you more than just something to go to heaven. God wants to give you something while you're still on earth. Transformation. God wants to give you guidance. God wants to give you deliverance. God wants to give you purpose. But you got to do what only you can do. And God will do what you can't do. Peter walked on water, but God didn't pick up Peter and throw him over the boat. Peter had to get up by himself and get off the boat. And God wants you to enable you to walk on what you once drowned in, but he's not going to get you off the boat. You got to get off the boat. Got to make your way to this altar. Now, I'm a very stubborn child growing up, and I'm still a stubborn man, but now I've turned it for the good. And I know there's some people still out there. And I just want to tell you the message was not for the person behind you. It was not for the message. It's not for the people sitting in the back. It was for you. So if you're still out there and you're feeling the Holy Spirit convict you, you're not disobeying me. You're disobeying God.
you're not missing out on what I can give you. You're going to miss out on what Jesus wants to give you. So I'm just going to wait for about, let's, let's worship for about 40 seconds, and then we're going to stop. And while we're worshiping, I want you to make your way down here. And if you got a friend there and they don't feel comfortable going by themselves, then hold their hand and bring them down here. We can split it out, Brother Mondo. Come get what Jesus wants for you. Come get what the Holy Spirit wants for you.
And God wants me to tell you this service is your graduation. It's the ending of some things. But God said, I'm bringing some new beginnings into your life. A new way of living. A new way of talking. A new way of doing things. And it's not your ways. It's not the world's ways. It's my ways. Says the Lord. Before we leave, I want to give you the greatest opportunity you will ever have. As I mentioned before, if you've never given your life to God, that's your first step. That's what you need to do today. You need to make a choice. And maybe you're here, maybe you've disconnected yourself. You are a believer, but you disconnect. It's like Wi-Fi. The further you go, the weaker the signal comes. The weaker the signal will go to your phone. And today, the reason why there's that weakness in your spiritual life is because you've drifted away. And God is saying, come back to me. Reconnect. I've never stopped loving you. I've never stopped being faithful. I'm just waiting for you when you're ready to make a choice. That's you here today. If you want to accept Christ or if you want to recommit your life to Christ, wherever you're at, whether you're still out there or you're here on the, on the stage or the altar, I want you to raise your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. You want to recommit or give your life to God. I want everybody to repeat this with me because I know it can be awkward. Someone say, God, I recommit, I recommit my life to you. My life to you. Lord, Lord, I confess my unbelief. My unbelief. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Live in me. Live in me. And live through me. Live through me. Transform me. Transform me. Heal me. Heal me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap here today. Before you make before you go to your seat, go up to three people. If you feel comfortable and high five them, give them a hug. Tell them Jesus loves them. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. loves y'all. First service is growing. Praise God. Let's give him a hand. You know, when we went back to in-person services during the pandemic, we, we literally had like 28 people. I know because I counted them. <laughs> uh, and that was counting the praise team uh, as well. But but we, we've seen people slowly making their way back. And guys, we, we are seeing them, our services get more packed and more packed. But I want to encourage you, first of all, great job on your behalf, because that doesn't just happen accidentally. You're inviting people, and you, and you, as you should be, and you're being a witness as you should be. But I want to encourage you, don't stop. Keep on doing that. 
But I said all that to say this. I, I have a great anticipation because I'm looking forward to when we go our second sanctuary. So we won't be so pressed uh, for, for time uh, and we can exert all our energy. If you ever have to minister to multiple services, you know just the preparation leading up to the service and ministering multiple times. It, it takes its toll on you. But I'm looking forward to where we can have one service. And, and, and of course, I'm not trying to look at just one service. I, I eventually, we want to go, amen, in Jesus' name, two services and three services. But to where we can go guns blazing uh, in, in, in that one service that we're going to be having in our new sanctuary pretty soon. Um, guys, uh, we're going to change the order of the service. Uh, just an, an FYI, we, for the past three weeks, we have temporarily put off giving our grab-and-go dinner, uh, grab-and-go lunches on Tuesday. But I'm happy to announce that this coming Tuesday, starting at 10 in the morning uh, till, I believe, maybe 1 o'clock, we're going to be giving breakfast and lunch once again to our community. And I, and I believe they're going to start with, with 300, 300 children uh, so that you're looking at, I believe, anywhere from 7 meals to 14 meals per uh, per child um, when it comes to that. And it starts this Tuesday. So um, number one, if you know somebody of a family that's in need, let them know about tomorrow. We'll be posting it later on on our social media page on Instagram and Facebook. Or number two, if you need help, uh, ain't no shame in your game. Just come out here. You know, come out here. And we're here to bless you as well. And, and amen. That We're here to help you as well. And help us, Help us get the word out. And, and guys, it, it is just the beginning of, of what God is, wants to do in that area of continuing to be an outreach uh, to our community. Uh, and I want to encourage you, um, all this is made possible because of your commitment and giving. You know, uh, during the pandemic at its peak, a brother had called me. Uh, he texted me like numerous times and um, he was in the hospital on a ventilator because of COVID. And I thought he wanted prayer. And I called him, and he started yelling at me. And I was like, hey, man, you're on that ventilator. Chill, dude. He's like, you don't want to keep doing that when you're in a ventilator. And he said, uh, I don't want prayer. Well, you can pray with me, but I want to address something first. He said, someone took me off my automatic withdrawal for my tithing and giving. And uh, before you do anything, I want to make sure that it gets reconnected again. And let's fix that first. And he said, then you can pray for me. Yeah. See, that's what, you, that's what you call commitment what you call loyalty in, in that area. Commitment is when you is doing something in favorable and unfavorable circumstances. This guy was breathing, not on his own, but with a ventilator, and his main priority was that still making sure that God was still first in the area of finances. And guess what? He ain't on the ventilator no more. <laughs> so, um, we're, but the point I'm trying to say is I want to encourage you to be committed. Be committed and People ask me, how do you support the church? You support the church, simple, simplistic, showing up. I want to encourage you, if you're online, start making your way back. Guys, I, can, I see people making their way back to the beaches. I see people making way back to house parties, to the clubs and to the bars. Hey, and I ain't hating, but if we can do that for the bar, for the house party, for the beach, how many of y'all know we can do that for God's house? So I want to encourage you online family, make your way back. And if you're watching from another country, you get a pass. 
or another, or another city, you get a pass. But for those of you, uh, you know, watching, I want to encourage you, make your way back. This is, it, we need to be, we are created to be amongst other people, uh, the body. Um, but <clears throat> there's multiple ways you can give. You can go to our website and you can give immediately. Uh, ElevateMinistriesSA.com or you can text to give. If you have the app, just open up the app and click on the giving link. Um, by the way, there, there is a way um, that you can set up ACH through our giving. We use PushPay. So if you're interested, it does give the options for that. I encourage you, if you haven't done so, download uh, the app. Let's go to Elevate Ministries SA, Sierra Alpha. Download it for your Google or Apple phone. If you want to give by check or cash, uh, we do have an offering basket, an offering box that's right outside of the sanctuary. We ask for accounting purposes that you fill out an envelope, make sure you put your information on there on what you are giving here today. And we just thank you for all those that have been committed uh, in, in your giving, favorable and unfavorable circumstances, pandemic, pre-pandemic, no pandemic, small pandemic, vaccinated, unvaccinated, y'all been <laughs> committed in your giving. Let's give, give yourself a round of applause, amen, because I'm proud of you. But more importantly, God is, God is also uh, proud of you. Um, at this time, we have uh, important some announcements for you. I can have your attention. You can put the volume on loud for the announcements. I can have the attention to the screens to my left and right. We hope you enjoyed today's service. Before we dismiss, let's take a look at what's going on this week at Elevate. If this is your first time visiting us, we'd like to say thank you for joining us and ask you to please fill out one of our new visitor cards located behind your chair. Please leave your contact information and drop it off in the offering box located right outside the sanctuary. We are in need of volunteers for this summer's VBS. If interested, sign up in the lobby after service. To all the Elevate women out there, anyone interested in signing up for the Trinity Women's Small Groups, please get with Pastor Judy. We would like to take a few moments to honor the graduates of 2021. Franco Leon. Franco graduated from the IDEA school system and will be attending Columbia University. Angel Celeste Garay. Angel graduated from McCollum High School and will attend Palo Alto College where she plans to major in social work. Timothy Gonzalez. Timothy graduated from Judson High School. Carlos Vincent Guerra. Carlos graduated from Warren High School. Jacob Andrew Perez graduated from McCollum High School and is currently in the hiring process to be a firefighter in the city of Austin. Aaron Mendoza graduated from East Central, Cum Laude, National Honor Society, distinguished graduate, and will be attending St. Phillips to finish aerospace engineering. As we conclude our service, we want to thank you as always for joining us here today and invite you to join us next week, either 9.45 in person or 11 a.m. in person or online. Have a great week and God bless.
graduated from high school or college, I want to ask you to make your way up here to this stage. I want you to face the crowd. We have a gift for you. We want to honor you. We want to pray a special prayer of blessing. We're going to close out by praying over our graduates. Come on, let's give them a loud round of applause. Y'all face the crowd. Come on. Class of 2021. COVID graduates. <laughs> Come on, let's give them a loud round of applause. Are we proud of them, Elevate? I said, are we proud of them? Come on, let's get rowdy and loud for them. My beautiful assistant, Josh, is going to give you, uh, guys, this is an expensive book, so parents, make them read it. Yo guys read it. It's an investment in your life. It's, it's the purpose-driven graduate uh, from Rick Warren, uh, number, number one New York Times bestseller and author. Uh, so I want to encourage you. It's a powerful book. I'll start with you. My lovely assistant will give you the rest. Where's uh, Flaco Banaco? Come over here. My cousin Jeremy graduated in 2020, so we didn't get to rip. There was no one here because we're having online services. So he didn't ask me to do this. Actually, he paid me $25 to do that, so. Thank you. It's well invested. But guys, uh, I just wanted to honor him because we there was literally no one we, no one meeting and we did a what, like a drive-by graduation celebration. People were shot. Five people were shot. Uh, one old lady stabbed another person. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, I just want to give you three tips of advice, maybe five. So <laughs> These are all stuff, I will never give you something that I don't practice. This is something I practice in my lives, uh, in my life. I dropped out of high school in the 10th grade. I didn't drop out once, I dropped out twice. I don't even know if you could beat that, drop out twice. Um, and and I, I didn't have a, there was, I, I didn't have high self-esteem. I, I didn't have a high view of myself. Um, but I'm thankful that I had teachers and I had family members that's, that saw me through the eyes of faith and, challenged me to do more than what I had done and I went back to school got my GED got my went from a GED to my bachelor's and then went from my bachelor's to a master's and went from one master's to a second master's and I ain't gonna lie guys it took me a little bit longer than average okay I'm, I'm a little bit slow I think my first semester in college I took everything remedial except history and I told my mom mom I have no remedial in history are stupid there is no remedial for history like oh okay but <laughs> so what I'm saying is what I'm trying to tell you is first point you graduating is not the finish line it's a starting line to bigger and better things want more don't be satisfied with what you've done do more and we believe in you right we believe in them Secondly, I want, I want to encourage you to start practicing and start embracing uh, delayed gratification so that you can birth long-term success. Start to embrace the mindset and practice delayed gratification so that you can give birth to long-term success. See, if you embrace instant gratification, you abort long-term success. See, this is the opposite. If you embrace instant gratification, you abort long-term success don't be satisfied or happy and give up on your long-term dreams 
because of a little money or a little paycheck you may be getting right now. There's more money, more people God wants you to influence, more things, bigger things that are beyond your wildest dreams that God wants you to build. It's going to take a while. You're going to cry. You're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. But when you do, that's part of the journey. But get back up and get back on the path. And you keep doing it till you get there. Because what you will reap if you will embrace long-term success cannot be compared to what you, are, what, what you are getting with instant gratification. So embrace that type of mindset and practice it. And number three, I can't say this enough. I know people say that age is just a number. It's not a number. If you take care of yourself, eat right, work out, take care of your body, then age will be a number. I'm 40. So... <laughs> But I want to encourage you, one of the things that stood out to me when I went to Philadelphia is I saw what Benjamin Franklin said, he said, health is wealth. So it don't matter how talented you are, how gifted you are, if you're not healthy enough to do it, you're not going to be able to do it. It's just the way it is. The scripture says your body is the holy temple of the whole, the spirit of God lives in you. So we don't need to take care of the spirit. The spirit is eternal. It'll take care of itself. The spirit will not die, but you do got to take care of it body so I want to encourage you be careful what you put into your body college students <laughs> we all know what that was. <laughs> if you take care of yourself in your 20s and 30s go reap dividends in your 40s and, and your 50s so, and I'm, I'm being truthful I'm not trying to be disrespectful I'm just encouraging you to do so and the next one is don't forget about your parents don't forget about your parents any of you married? Raise your hand. None of you are married. Good. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> but I, I want to encourage you, put God first. And because you're not married, put your parents first. And then put your educational goals first. And then let your whatever relationship be at the bottom of the totem pole. Because in our generation, what do, what do young people do? They put their relationships first over God and over their parents. And guess what? It, it does, they end up reaping. They don't end up reaping a successful life. But I'm telling you, and I'm speaking with experience, if you put God first and your parents first and your educational goals and all that, and you put whatever that relationship is at the bottom, you're going to see that the last shall be first. And God's going to bless you because you're putting him first. And the Bible says if you honor your parents, that you'll have a long-lasting life and all will go well with you. So I want to encourage you, don't forget about mama and daddy. And when you get that money and get the degree and get your job, buy them a house, buy them a car, buy her a boyfriend. I don't know. <laughs> if she already has a husband, don't buy her a boyfriend, okay? Don't buy her a boyfriend. You're going to get me in trouble. And, and lastly, don't, don't forget about God. How many of you already have a vision or a dream? You've seen yourself doing a certain thing, whether it be a doctor, lawyer. Good. The Bible says in Ephesians that God can supersede and do more abundantly whatever we can think of or ask. So whatever you've seen yourself doing, God said, if you put me first, I can supersede that and I can make it, you go way further. Because you may go to these colleges and you may have, be around all these other young people that haven't made, don't have to do anything, just show up to school and they don't take it seriously and they may come from a prestigious family or whatever it is and have all these resources. But I want to tell you, you have a, the greater resource. You have the Holy Spirit. You have God on your side. You work hard. You don't give up. You pay the price. 
Guys, let's extend um, our hands to them. We're going to pray before I give them a six word of advice. Six one involves cussing, so I can't say that. But let's pray for them. Father, we, we declare, Lord God, that you send your angels to camp around them throughout their life and whatever they do. We decree good health. And give them clarity on exactly whatever it is you want them to do. True success is not doing what we want to do, it's doing what we were born and created to do. And whatever that is for them, Lord God, let them see it. Give them clarity and give them provision. Come alongside them to make it a reality. Father, we, we, we pray and we believe that they will go beyond just a high school diploma, Lord God. That they will go on, go beyond just working for somebody. God, but they will be the managers, the leaders, the business owners. They will be the ones that will start companies, be entrepreneurs, Lord God, own their own doctor practice, their own lawyer practice, Lord Father, that they will be not just successful, Lord God, but God-fearing. Lord Father, we need more people who are God-fearing in their place of business, in their place of employment, and especially in our schools, Lord Father. We pray that even as they go to their schools and their colleges, that they would be a light, a testimony, a witness, Lord Father, to those that they come in contact with, Lord God. And we pray that you would bless, open doors for their finances, open doors for their education opportunities, Lord God, for scholarships, Lord Father. Whatever it is that they need right now, you know their need. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And we, we pray the prayer of Nehemiah, grant them success, Father. We pray the prayer of Abraham's servant, grant them success, Lord Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. Guys, make sure you congratulate them. Uh, don't forget, we are going to continue on this sermon series of the Holy Spirit. Don't forget to sign up to help, the, to help in VBS or to sign up for Pastor Judy's women's small group. God bless you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Congratulations. Congratulations.